This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I've mentioned this before, but I'm originally from Portland, Oregon, or at least close to there and had lived in the city of Portland for a total of about 10 years, and spent a lot more time than that in total in that city. And over the years, I've come to realize that most every stereotype about that city is true. Aside from good beer, great coffee, and good food, and yes, people who are friendly and nice under the right circumstances, the city is a place you don't want to raise a family in. Portland is a place hostile to the faith for any believer who isn't a pagan, a Saracen, or one of our so-called elder brothers in the faith. I mention this today because a story broke out Monday in the Catholic and even secular Molochian press in, the port in Portland that intersects with the story that has everyone in the tizzy. That story about the lack of belief in the Eucharist among most mass-going Catholics. The story from Portland is the perfect illustration of what happens when people who are members of the church, at least technically speaking, decide that the most important aspect of the faith isn't the source and summit of the faith, you know, the holy sacrament of the altar in which our Lord Jesus Christ is truly present, aka the Eucharist, but activism, inclusion, and even rejection of church teachings in the name of a worldly notion of love. It's a bizarre story because it really shows us how far gone the church in America really is, and how far gone things probably are elsewhere, too. And I know, using a Portland as an example of anything but an insane asylum is going to get called unfair by some, but I don't really think it is. I really do think you'll see this is in other places as well, and have s seen what I'm going to describe for you in other churches around the country. So let's get to it. I first saw this story through Church Militant, but wouldn't you know it, Oregon's newspaper of record, The Oregonian, published it as well on their online platform, Oregon Live, though with a decidedly different tone than Church Militant. Headline from Church Militant, Progressive Portland Parishers, Parishioners Protest at Mass. Let's compare that to the Oregon Live headline, which reads, Reverence and Resistance in One of Portland's Oldest Catholic Churches. Ugh, give me a break. Okay, so here's the story. Archbishop Alexander Sample of Portland, who I think of as one of the better bishops in America, even if he does avoid making controversial statements regarding the ongoing crisis in the church, appointed a new pastor about a year ago to St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Portland, one of the oldest parishes in the city. The priest, Father George Kuforji, decided to move the parish away from pushing secular progressive ideas at both the Mass and even in the life of the parish. To give you an idea, Parishioners were the types who engaged in protests outside federal facilities, participated in first deadly sin marches, despite those marches celebrating sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, and even putting up posters of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in the parish sanctuary during Mass. 
As you can guess, the parish became a political meeting hall of sorts in celebration of a particular political flavor of the religion of the world. I'd be giving them a hard time about this too, by the way, if it was a picture of Ronald Reagan and they were doing anti-tax marches and whatever secular issue mainline conservatives can get motivated to march about that it is only connected to the faith and loose readings of scripture. But anyway, the purging of these bad practices has, of course, ruffled some feathers among the secularized members of the parish, especially since the priest dumped a bunch of vestments decked out in rainbow patterns and pictures celebrating worldly political accomplishments of the parish. This, you might guess, offended members of the parish. The attitude of those offended is pretty typical. The religion of the world only permits a few options, and they chose outrage. To give you an idea, the Oregonian interviewed a parishioner. The money quote from the Oregon Live article is this one from one of the protesters. Quote, Harp, one of the protesters, considers himself a devout Catholic. He starts every morning with meditation and prayer and prays the Hail Mary at least once a day. He tries to attend Mass every Sunday. When he was in his 20s, he said he wanted to follow every rule he could. Now he questions how those rules bring him closer to God. End quote. And there it is. I'll leave judgment calls about what meditation entails, and for his sake, I hope the Oregonian writer confused a single Hail Mary for the entire rosary. I'm going to use another quote, this one from Church Militant, to describe exactly what happened at the parish after the disgruntled modernists tried convincing the priest, in the spirit of dialogue, that what they were doing was okay. Brace yourselves. Quote, the progressive par parishioners disrupted mass in protest when they felt their pastor, Father George Kuforigi, had gone too far in his ongoing attempts to restore some traditional elements to the parish. A video of the protest on YouTube had more than 1,200 views, with one like and 51 dislikes Monday. And as of the time of this recording, it's like one like and over 100 dislikes. Anyway, continuing. The disruptive protest began with parishioners marching up the main aisle, some holding picket signs, as Father Kuforigi was standing behind the altar offering mass. Melinda Pittman, a parishioner of 30 years and one of the, the disruptors, stood in the back of the church holding a sign over her head while saying, We are following the voice of Jesus, of love. Jesus of inclusion, Jesus of resisting the authorities, because when we resist the law, we are in the spirit of God. <sighs> a voice from behind the camera agrees with Pittman with an emphatic, Amen! Pittman is then seen standing at the pulpit where she continues with her airing of grievances against Kuforigi and Archbishop Alexander Sample of the Archdiocese of Portland, end quote. I'll try to put a link to that video in the pinned comments of this of this video. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to have easy access to it so you can see it for yourself. Yeah. So, okay, then. You heard all that right. They disrupted the Mass. The holy sacrifice of the Mass, the most sacred event on Earth, with their political protest because the pastor dumped their banners protesting Trump's various hot-button policies and first deadly sin vestments and the like. I'd like you to think about that one for a moment. Now, Church Militant and the Oregonian reached out to the priest and Archbishop Sample for comment, and they chose to remain silent, and in this case, I don't blame them at all. But let's go back to that issue that has caused frenzy among some Catholics. I reported last week that almost 70% of Catholics are material, if not formal, heretics in light of their rejection of the real presence in the Eucharist. It's based on pulling data from Pew, and it's gone all over the Catholic world. Some of you who have been subscribed to this channel for a while may remember the live stream I hosted with John Hershauer and Stephanie Nichols, who used to host a podcast together called The Unapologetics. 
that show has since sadly ended, and John and Stephanie have gone on to continue writing for various publications. John has a new piece on the National Review website. It's short and biting, and I'm going to read it for you in its entirety, which I haven't done that kind of thing on this channel in a very long time, except of course for those weekend documents that I do. But here I think it's warranted. Title. Of course, most Catholics don't believe in the real presence, by John Hershauer. Mahatma Gandhi is often reported to have said something like, If Catholics really believed that God himself was present in the Eucharist, they would crawl toward the altar on their stomachs. Long pants and a collared shirt would be a start. The Catholic Mass, delicately constructed over the centuries and gradually ornamented with what the late Michael Davies called liturgical accretions, was rebuilt wholesale in the 1960s at Vatican Council II to better include, as if they had ever been excluded, the people. The scene at the consecration in Novus Ordo Parish, USA, in Year of Our Lord 2019 astounds in its portability. It proceeds like a ritual of perfect disregard. Father Bob, in the name of anti-clericalism, conscripts a lay army of extraordinary ministers to, distrib to distribute the, ho the host in their Sunday mediocrities. Barb's jeans and white blouse will no doubt suffice for Sunday brunch at the country club after Mass. Jan, Susan, Barb, and Greg ascend the altar without genuflection or bow, this is the people's house, as Father Bob hands them what would, in a faraway time, be considered the body and blood of Christ. But this is the people's feast, and the greatest threat to their unity as such is the one who brings not peace but a sword. No swords in the people's house. Like clockwork, the people, save one or two holdouts burdened by their rigid doctrinal formation, line up for communion. Five of them, six if you count the priest, have been to confession in the last calendar year, and one, priest inclusive, can recite the act of contrition without visual aid. Some third-rate hymn written in 1994 is played on the acoustic guitar in the background, as one by one the Blessed Sacrament is transferred from one unconsecrated hand to another. The Prince of Peace has been tried and found divisive. They'll take peace instead. All the while, the Church continues her interminable dialogue with modernity and her princes, Pluralism, the market, conscience, patriarch Bartholomew, feminism, pride, etc. 70% of Catholics, per Pew Research latest figures, don't believe in the real presence. Why are you surprised? And if you want to read that for yourself, I'll put a link both on the blog and I'll try to put it in that in the pinned comment as well. So let's add something for the edification of all those who can't fathom why Catholics deny the real presence. Aside from a total lack of reverence at the Mass, aside from little to no formal teaching on the Eucharist, aside from heretical public leaders who promote the agenda of Moloch and the clinic temples of Moloch through federal funding, who still, despite their heresies and demonic practices, receive the Eucharist on Sundays, despite a false gospel of politics being promoted continuously by the otherwise useless U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, we can add to that list, and the list John provided, another reason for a lack of belief in the real presence the parish becoming a center for politics that has little bearing on the gospel. I'm going to end this note on a provocative statement. Anyone, and I mean anyone, who disrupts the holy sacrifice of the Mass for a political protest, anyone who decides to march down the aisle holding picket signs while the priest is saying Mass, cannot possibly believe in the real presence. The Church Militant article has one quote from the priest, passed on to them from either a parishioner or from a video clip. One protester was giving the priest a hard time after Mass at the back of the parish, to which the priest simply asked, Do you have reverence for God? The protester, rather predictably, responded in anger and walked away. Bishop Robert Barron recently went on social media and expressed his anger at Catholics not believing in the real presence. 
Maybe the bishops need to look at the monster they let Cardinal Bernadine create in the USCCB and its near-constant political program for an answer to this problem. If the USCCB wants to restore belief in the real presence, then they'd better start teaching the real presence, not only on Sundays, but in pastoral documents from the USCCB itself. And they'd better start ex excommunicating people, these political figures as well. And they had better put an end to this kind of nonsense happening in probably every diocese in the U.S. Souls are on the line, and they don't even accept it. Thanks for listening. Please pray for the church. Pray for Father George Kuforji, and pray for the conversion of heart of these parishioners. Our Novena of Novenas starts in two days, and I will try to include it in my video tomorrow. And by two days, I mean tomorrow, because I'm recording this a day ahead of time. They need it, and the church needs more priests who are willing to do the hard work of restoring sanity in the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.